Rumor has it, UCLA's got a new defensive coordinator. Maybe more than a rumor, but all signs indicate to a new UCLA football DC in the fall. We'll talk about it on Locked on UCLA. You are Locked On UCLA, your daily podcast on the UCLA Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, it's your favorite host. It's Zach Anderson, the Oxheimer. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Locked On UCLA podcast. It's free wherever you get your episodes on any podcast platform, and it's on YouTube. So, like, comment, and subscribe wherever you get the podcast. Thanks for tuning in. The leading story for UCLA, most importantly, football has unofficially a new defensive coordinator, Danton Lynn. If you remember the last name, Danton Lynn, well, he is the son of the former Chargers head coach, current assistant head coach, running backs coach of the San Francisco 49ers, Anthony Lynn, a former Penn State Nittany Lion who has been in the NFL the last nine years as a coach, secondaries coach with the Ravens being in the Houston Texans coaching staff. Danton Lynn, 33 years old, bringing in somewhat of a youth movement for Chip Kelly, turning things away from the past. And while I have to reiterate this, there is nothing official other than every reporting site from the Bruin Report Online 24-7 Sports. You have on three, you have Ben Bullich. Everybody is reporting that it's happened. Just not officially announced for UCLA. It hasn't even been announced officially that Bill McGovern has actually been let go as it seemingly looks more and more like health reasons, which is why they seem to be a little bit more private with those matters. What is unknown is Bill McGovern's status in terms of returning as a contract looks like for 2023 if he stays or if he goes in some form of a different capacity. But the Bruins have their new head man with Danton Lynn, who's got NFL experience, as I've already said, 33 years old, but no prior defensive coordinator history, whether it be in college or in the pros, whatever it is. So let's take a look at what Chip Kelly used to do, whether it's previous stops in the NFL or in college. Well, when he went to Oregon, Nick Aliotti was already the defensive coordinator for Oregon at the time, was there all four years, longtime defensive coordinator. He was the head man over at Oregon when UCLA, or when UCLA's now head coach with former Oregon coach Chip Kelly, was the head coach out in Eugene. So he had the same veteran defensive coordinator for those Ducks teams that were competing for BCS appearances and national championships from 09 to 12. Well, then with the Eagles, Chip Kelly had gone with the mid-40s level, Bill Davis, who had already had two separate previous defensive coordinating stops from the 49ers to the Cardinals before he joined Chip Kelly in Philadelphia. And then despite Jim O'Neill, who was the one-year coordinator at San Francisco with Chip Kelly in that disastrous year back in 2016. He had actually had two years of prior defensive coordinator experience in when he was 36. So Chip Kelly has dealt with a young defensive coordinator before, albeit in the NFL, and he had prior experience. So one wonders, with this somewhat late in the game, after all the recruiting bubble has happened, 
You wonder how this can affect positively UCLA's 2023 campaign, and what does this mean for recruiting overall? Because, you know, if Bill McGovern was ill, couldn't go out recruit, couldn't go be his, uh, you know, enthusiastic self, how could the Bruins go recruit more defense? And despite getting some guys in the portal for the D-line, the secondary, and the linebacking core, who is going to coach the Bruins? Well, Danton Lee is that man for UCLA, which could be what Bruins fans have been hoping for. Again, you see, I see it th- throughout all social media. It goes from, oh man, we'd love to see McGovern stay as an analyst of sorts. Good riddance, he's gone, but you don't want to say that because he is probably most likely leaving due to illness. Although there's not been any official report, which is why I don't want to make it an official comment. And then there's people who are like, fire Chip Kelly, get a new guy. But the only problem for UCLA has in these last few years been the defense. And you could say some, especially going back and forth in the comments reading, hey, UCLA took a step back. Some say, hey, well, there's a clear difference when McGovern was coaching at practice at the field and the Bruins took it to Washington and was able to battle down Utah, the eventual Pac-12 champions. So UCLA, with Bill McGovern in as a defensive coordinator, were able to get the wins, and you just wonder if his health curtailed that. But for Danton Lee, a new youthful experiment for Chip Kelly, which we could see, is this what they needed? Is this the future for the UCLA defense? Because at some point, despite Chip Kelly almost always hiring his buddies, the joke, right, from Asanero, from McGovern, even dealing with Aliotti when he went to Eugene, UCLA needed maybe some young blood defensively. And while he wasn't exactly on my radar in terms of guys you could hire, it did seem like UCLA needed defensively to go young and get that young, bright mind that Chip Kelly used to be, that innovative offensive mind that set the world on fire in Oregon. And while we're not exactly expecting this Bruins team to be maybe Pac-12 championship good in their final year in the conference and make a top four in one of the last years, or I, yeah, the last year of the four-year college, four-team college football playoff, what you do need when you head to the Big Ten is you're going to need some defense. So to get somebody young and building and give him a year to get something under his belt against a, you know, you're going to go on the road and face a former Heisman winner, the Pac-12 winners on the road. Grayson McCall, a conference player of the year award winner, three times running, I believe, now for the Sun Belt. Coastal Carolina in week one in the Rose Bowl. So there are going to be tests for UCLA defensively, and you needed to get somebody, probably young, help with the recruiting, because Chip Kelly's proven he can get who he wants offensively if he makes the time and connects with the guys by getting a Dante Moore, getting guys in the portal. Now the only question is, hopefully and Danton Lynn can come through, be a, a mature young coach in terms of being wise among beyond his years and the game plan, getting guys coaching. And again, you can't forget UCLA is a new DBs coach, so not exactly an ho- entire overhaul of the defensive coaching staff, but some little nitpicks here. What was UCLA's defensive rating? Well, number 87 in the country when it came to total defense, over 400 yards a game. The Bruins were top 40 in rush defense, only 130 yards a game. And the Bruins allowed 100, were 117th in the country in the FBS. Pretty terrible when it came to pass yards allowed, almost 275 yards per game. In addition, they allowed 29 points per game. And in those three losses late in the season, four losses overall, UCLA allowed over 45, 45 or more twice, 
34 to Arizona, who you remember was stumbling near the end of that season. And then Pittsburgh's backups came in and scored 37 against UCLA, although there's quite a few miscues that gave Pittsburgh some short fields in the Sun Bowl, but still everybody's bad taste in their mouth is looking like the last game for Bill McGovern as defensive coordinator was the fact that they could not hold on to a lead with Pittsburgh having to go the full length of the field with backups on their offense and got in position on a windy, blustery day in El Paso for a game-winning field goal. That is what the badness is, but here's the youth bringing it in, and Chip Kelly's made some tweaks for one reason or another, and maybe it is for the better for the Bruins moving forward. We can't tell that just yet, but depending on how things build and grow and grow, there's reason to be excited for UCLA football coming up in this upcoming season and maybe not not translate to on-field success in 23 but getting the experience he already has from the nfl bringing it to the collegiate game maybe ucla can find themselves a young defensive wizard and see how long they can keep him and get the bruins a solid defense to go with a dynamic offense in the meantime we will be shifting over to ucla basketball because until they officially make the announcement Danton Lane is not the defensive coordinator just yet. So remember, nothing official has been made of either move for the defensive coordinator in McGovern leaving and shifting roles and or shifting roles. And then Danton Lane has not officially, as of this recording of this podcast, been named the defensive coordinator for a Bruins defense that was looking opportunistic at times in 2022, but still needs to step and make a leg up if you want to compete in the Pac-12 this next year and compete in the Big Ten from years for years in the future. But we'll tell you about FanDuel after, you know, we talk about football. We did. Let's talk about FanDuel because they're the new official sports betting partner of Locked On. And, you know, with the NBA season halfway gone, more than halfway gone now, it's the stretch run considering how late the All-Star break is for the NBA. You want to download download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. You can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. From three-pointers made, three pointers made, money line point scores, you're going to want to combine your bets, get bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 back in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, and with us at Locked On. Cruising on into the rest of the show for Locked On UCLA. Got more to update when it comes to the Utah Utes, because UCLA takes on the Utes uh, in this evening. A late tip, 8 p.m., I believe, Pacific time for UCLA against Utah. And when I recorded the previous podcast, was unaware that not only one, but two Utes would be out for that game. Gabe Madsen, who's been dealing with a long-time ankle injury, he will not be able to suit up. That is the usual starting shooting guard, which gives Mick Cronin and the Bruins another game against the Utes where they will not be full ha- uh, They will not be full strength. And then Utah will be without their starting point guard, Raleigh Wooster, who averages nearly nine, nine points per game. Their leading passer, floor general, leading assister, about 142 assists. I believe he re-aggravated an ankle injury in their game against Arizona State recently over the weekend. And the coach is kind of up in the air as to if he will play, and it should be expected. But neither one of them will potentially, most likely, be available for this one. They will not probably be in the lineup, which gives UCLA a chance 
chance, maybe not in a guard matchup, considering Utah will be playing with either a freshman point guard or a senior backup point guard to take the one and two roles for the Utes. But they will be facing Carlson, who is extremely big, and the Bruins miss him the first time, and could single-handedly give UCLA a tough matchup in front of the Huntsman Center, where for years, at it, for a long time, Utah hadn't had the upper bowl filled. So we'll see what this Salt Lake City crowd provides for UCLA. But what do I want to see in this game? Well, if there's no point guard, if there's not a true starting point guard for Utah, I would like to see Tiger Campbell have a good game offensively and defensively. Remember that Stanford game almost a week ago where Campbell on national television was getting beat on backdoor cuts, getting beat defensively, no deflections. So Mick Cronin had to bench him for that Stanford game. Cal's a different story because they're one of the the worst teams in the country. That's just got you have to say how it is. In the men's basketball this season, they're one of the worst teams in the country and UCLA handle business like they should. So I want to see Tiger Campbell considering the matchup have a much better game and just facilitate not get forced into silly turnovers on the road which he usually doesn't, but once in a blue moon he has a bad game or two. But for Campbell, I want to see a step up return performance in deflection steals and have a hounding defensive performance for the for the longtime Bruin point guard in a game where I think he could take over. There's no Wooster. There's you know not even a starting two guard in Gabe Madsen. This is an opportunity for Tiger Campbell to step up and make things happen in this game. And while it might not be in the cards for him, and does not always necessarily been the need for him to step up offensively, McCronin's always said we would need. Tiger Campbell at times this year to be a scorer, to go do more things. I'm asking him to do more things, considering what they lost from last year's team, from a Jules Bernard, a Johnny Juzang, a, a Cody Riley, right? And while Jalen Clark's made the impact stepping up, you've seen Amari Bailey since he's returned from injury, made some impressive strides. Only one real clunker in that Stanford game, but seemed to return to form against Cal. And it's Campbell, whose shooting inefficiencies have been kind of well-read and well-versed from what I've said at times during this pot while hosting the podcast. But we'd love to see him defensively get back on track, take care of the basketball, and hopefully lead UCLA into a win on the road, despite being a hostile environment for the second time against the Utes. So, And maybe UCLA can handle the bigs inside, which also brings this episode slowly to a close because this is a game where I think a Dembona needs to step up. You've got Carlson, a stretch big, who can hit the three, and when he's hot, can get upwards of 25 points if he's draining the three-point shot. And the Bruins didn't deal with his rebounding, his shooting, his interior presence. So we'd like to see, I would like to see, a Dembona also be an important piece for UCLA, both offensively and defensively. How can he handle going against seven feet? Both standing in the paint, stretching out, using an athleticism, to deny the open three if that's the defensive matchup. How can he stay out of foul trouble with Nuba still potentially day-to-day? Is he coming back? Who knows? Is he going to be thrown out there for 20 minutes if Bone is in foul trouble? I'm not entirely sure Mick Cronin's going to do that. So here is up to Bona, where in the tournament, you're, you're, we're all going to expect Mick Cronin to tighten that rotation as short as it can get. And Bona will be relied upon to play big-time minutes and deal with not getting into foul trouble in this Utah matchup, as I believe I touched upon it the first time these teams played in January, will be an important matchup 
for UCLA's interior presence defensively? And how can Bona deal with a strong defensive matchup? We've seen him be uber-athletic, chasing guys down on the break to get blocks. Backdoor help defense. He swatted shots away against Stanford a couple of times before getting into foul trouble. And Mick Cronin's been quoted as saying this multiple, multiple times. He's got to stay out of the foul trouble, get that footwork better, and stop picking up a foul in the first 30 seconds of games, first minute, first minute or two, which is what he did against Arizona. And when you place Arizona in about a week or so, you're going to deal with their couple of bigs, and you got to stay out of foul trouble, so why not start that against Utah? And while we, we love to see Hawkeyes balling out, love to see Amari Bailey, and you can talk about Jalen Clark's road shooting woes from three, I think Bona is a focal point defensively and a bit offensively, and Campbell could have a strong, or in my mind, I would like to see him take over in a game where if the opposing team's starting point guard is not playing and he, he's a, a really good floor general, let's see him take care of the basketball and dominate on both sides of the ball because this is a true opportunity for UCLA where you, you, you don't want to look past your opponent, but you can get what might be an easier game than you thought coming into this one for UCLA after Wooster got banged up a bit the week before. But still, as the Bruins showed us against Stanford, you still can't take anybody lightly, despite, I said what, cupcake, cupcake week? This is not cupcake week. And I'm not sure how the fans will respond in Salt Lake City, considering they just, they used to only have 8,000 people allowed into men's basketball games since COVID happened, because the Utes, the running Utes, were not getting as many fans basketball-wise. They have since opened up the upper tier, the upper bowl. And if you've ever been to the Huntsman Center, it's a pretty gorgeous, humongous arena, almost NBA size in Salt Lake City. And they haven't been filling it anywhere near to capacity outside of one game against BYU. So this could be an odd environment or with what I believe they've been having a, a, one of those last second low ticket deals. You know, not that UCLA hasn't had to struggle filling Poly Pavilion, but Utah wasn't expected to do much this year. And the Bruins might be enjoying a hostile environment, both in Buff, both against uh, both in Boulder and in Salt Lake City. So we'll try and react to the UCLA game after they hopefully beat Utah. Which, you know, one game they faced the guards, they faced the guards. The other game they're now facing what will be like more the Utah Bigs, and we'll see which matchup provided a tougher game for UCLA. Nineteen point win the first time. I'm not so sure it'll be that easy. This time, which is where we're going to wrap up Locked On UCLA today. Most likely, highly probable, still unofficial, new defensive coordinator in Danton Lynn and everything UCLA basketball. We've got it here on Locked On UCLA. So thanks for tuning in. I'm Zach Anderson Yoxheimer. Go make Locked On College Basketball your second listen. So many interesting, for one way or another, storylines in college basketball, both good and bad as you should go check out them. They got it all covered on the Locked On Podcast Network family, Locked On College Basketball. They'll talk about everything across the country and make them your second listen. Thanks for making Locked On UCLA your first listen. Zach Anderson, Yoxheimer, signing out. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Listen wherever you can on your podcast platforms, your favorite podcast platforms, and get your hands up, Bruins fans. It clap time. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. You see, LA. UCLA fight, fight, fight. Let's go Bruins. This has been Locked On UCLA. Go Bruins. Bruins. Go Bruins. You know, B-R-U-W-I-N. Yeah, whatever, whatever social media says. Go Bruins.
and go beat the run in Utes.